Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. I want to apologize before I start because I'm about to ruin some of your prayer theology. Some of you might get mad at me. Some of when you get home, y'all might find some plaques that are on your wall that may need to come down. Hmm. I believe that accuracy when it comes to the Word of God is of the utmost importance. I got one person that agrees with that. Amen. Let me say a few things before I start. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Philemon. I always wait for somebody to say, what chapter? There's only one chapter. Amen. Philemon, verse 6. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. There is an atmosphere of healing in this house today. The book of Acts says, as, as they brought the word, the Holy Ghost fell. Uh, let me say a few things before I start. Everything. Somebody say everything. Not some things, not most things, but everything that we will ever need has already been supplied. God is not in the manufacturing business. He is in the storage business. It's time for the church to quit begging God to do something that He did at the cross. Healing has been made available for every disease. Prosperity has been made available for all lack. Deliverance has been made available for any bondage. Gospel is always good, folks. When somebody presents to you the gospel of Jesus Christ, it should never put a distance or delay between you and God because there is no distance or delay between you and God. As the sister said, He's on the inside of you. Religion and most churches keep telling us that we need to do something in order to become something or to get God to provide when in reality the provision was made where? At the cross. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Amen? Once you realize you have a need, the church is teaching us that we need to do something in order to get God to meet that need. That is not correct. God has already made it available. He's in the he's not in the manufacturing business. He is in the storage business. Remember, in the beginning of the garden, God made everything available for man before he ever created man. Hmm. Made everything available. Then he created man. We must get revelation of the fact that it's already been done. It was done 2000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Do not ever lose sight of the last thing that he said on the cross. It is finished. We spend so much time praying, trying to get God to do something that He's already done. I'm fixing to wreck your prayer theology, I'm telling you. So don't nobody throw nothing at me. Don't nobody be mad at me, amen. I'm going to prove it as if I'm in a court of law. Everything that you need has already been given to you. Well, where is it? Philemon, verse 6. How do we bring it from the storehouse where it is in the manifestation where we can see it. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. But we just don't want to believe God for it. We want to see it. We want to see healing. 
which is not enough to know that healing has already taken place at the cross, we need to see it manifest in our children, manifest in our ministries, manifest in our marriages. Amen? Philemon verse 6, King James. I'm going to read a little bit out of King James tonight because you really don't know me, so you really don't trust me, but you trust your grandma. (laughs) So I'm going to use your grandma's Bible. Amen? That the communication of thy faith may become effectual or cause effect, or cause change, how? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Sister, you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about God is in us. The Holy Ghost is in us. He is in us right now, may I say to you, without measure. He's very comfortable being on the inside of you. Now, he's a great remodeler. He might kick some walls down and he might build some walls up, but he will never leave you or forsake you. Amen? Your faith will become effectual and begin to cause change if you acknowledge that every good thing is already in you. Somebody say, I have it. Somebody else say, it's mine. mine. Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 3. I want to thank Miss Mason. I want to thank you, sir, for such a wonderful job that y'all do behind there, man. It's absolutely wonderful every time I come. No glitches. It's just great. Ephesians 1 and 3 says, blessed. Let's define the word. Empowered to prosper. And empowerment to have success. Curse is the exact opposite. Curse is an empowerment to fail. We've been redeemed from any curse. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. Blessed, empowered to prosper, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, hath, present tense, past tense, or future tense. Past tense, this has already happened. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings already. Somebody say, I have it. Second Peter chapter one. Verse four says, whereby are given unto us. This has already happened. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You do not have a demonic nature. You do not have two natures. You have a spiritual nature that comes from God Himself. Why? Because you're born again. Because you've received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You are a partaker of His nature. I have a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. The Holy Ghost, when he moved in, he's not about to share that territory with anybody. Amen? Go to Genesis 18. I was asked this morning, how did I arrive at this? Somebody who had looked at the notes. How did I arrive at this? Well, you'll see when I get to the end. Amen? Once I get to the end, you'll see how I arrived at this. I want you to learn how to pray. I want you to pray proper. That is what I call this, praying proper. Why do I want you to pray proper? So that you can cause manifestation in the earth. So you'll quit calling these men in the middle of the night to lay hands on your children. You do it. God's no respecter of persons. I'm thankful for the pastoral anointing. I'm thankful that you can call them in the middle of the night. I'm even more thankful that they'll answer. Amen? Genesis chapter 18, look at verse 22 and 23. 
And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Here you see Abraham beginning to intercede for the people of Sodom. And he's talking to God. He's saying, God, if there's 50 righteous, will you destroy it? If there's 40, if there's 30. And he keeps coming down. He's interceding. And it's based on how many people are righteous in that city. That is not a correct way to pray anymore. Abraham didn't have Jesus. You do. Abraham wasn't born again. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. You are. 1 John 2 and 2 says, And He is the propitiation for our sins, the settlement. Jesus has settled the sin issue. And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Sin is not the issue. The issue is, what are you going to do about the sacrifice of Jesus? Have you received Him? Do you know Him? The church has got to develop a righteousness consciousness. In the Old Covenant, when you wanted to be declared righteous, you would take your sacrifice and you would bring it to the high priest. The high priest would immediately receive the sacrifice, but he no longer looked at you. He looked at the sacrifice. And if the sacrifice was indeed perfect, then you who brought the sacrifice was declared perfect. Church, who's your sacrifice? Is he perfect? Then so are you. Jesus wants all cities preserved even if there are no righteous. He was punished for our sin, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes are we healed. Somebody say, that's enough. Somebody else say, I receive it. Anybody ever heard this? Man, if they throw something at me now, Pastor, you're going to have to help me. If God doesn't judge America, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. If you've heard that, raise your hand. You better stop, brother. I want to tell you right now, if God does judge America, he'll have to apologize to Jesus. Wow. Jesus is enough. The sacrifice at Calvary is enough. We keep trying to add stuff to what He's already done. It's a finished work we've entered into. We've got to posture and position ourselves through the new birth and what comes out of our mouth. Quit being double-minded and begin to receive what has already been made available. It belongs to us. Amen? Such a horrible price was paid for it so that we could have it. All right, how about this one? 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 14, man, I heard this growing up my whole life. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you heard 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14? That is not a proper way to pray in the new covenant. Why? Because He's already healed our land. He's already healed us. He's already delivered us. When did He do it, church? At the cross. 
Anytime you see a scripture that says, if you, or if my people, or if, 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 that is a conditional covenant. We are no longer on a conditional covenant. We are under a unconditional covenant that is represented by the blood of Jesus. We're who we are because of what Jesus did. If I get up on top of this roof and I jump off of this roof, there is a law that will take place and this law is called gravity. Gravity is a law. Gravity will work for anybody, anywhere, anytime on the earth. Doesn't matter who you are or where you are, gravity was, will always work because it is a law. Somebody say law. Are there laws in the earth that supersede gravity? Anybody ever been on an airplane? So there are laws that supersede the law of gravity. One being the law of lift. You can get in an airplane and you can actually supersede the law of gravity. Elon Musk does it, seems like, on a daily basis with his rockets. Amen? Amen. So even though it's a law and it works for everybody everywhere all the time, there are laws in place that supersede that law. I decree and I declare to you as a prophet of God that healing is a law. Healing is a law. It'll work for anybody, everywhere, all the time. Why don't we see more manifestation of it in the earth? Because people put other laws into motion. They're double-minded, if you will. Somebody believes God for healing. They come down here, they receive healing. They know in their body, and you can actually see it with your own eyes, that healing took place. Well, the devil's not going to stop there. He's going to try to bring those symptoms back. And when he does, you don't hesitate to get on Facebook and start putting those symptoms in how you feel. Mm. A double-minded man shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. We've got to make up our mind, church, that God is good all the time, and that healing is a law, and that it belongs to me because blood was shed for me. Somebody say, it's mine. Somebody else say, I'm healed. Somebody say, I'm delivered. Somebody say, I'm whole. I am well well. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I pray that healing take place as I teach in this house. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven through 10. I'm going to read this out of the passion translation. I'm not a King James version only guy. I believe that you ought to get understanding no matter what version that you use. Amen. Proverbs four and seven says, and all of your getting get understanding. So get understanding. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, Paul is dealing with a thorn in his flesh. This did not come from God. For God to send sickness on you would make God bipolar. God is not bipolar. His mind is made up. He was there at the cross. We have to receive it by faith. He saw the terrible shape of his own son. He saw the blood dripping off of his body. God is completely convinced about what I'm teaching as an evangelist. I've got to get you convinced. Paul said the extraordinary level of the revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. For this is why a thorn in the flesh was given to me. The adversary's messenger sent to harass me, keeping me from becoming arrogant. Three times. Somebody say three times. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. 
So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply in the mighty power of Christ living in me. There it is again, sister. So I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but I'm delighted. For when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution, because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. It's in covenant relationship that you can say that I am weak. You don't join in covenant based on strengths. If you've got a bunch of cattle and I got a bunch of cattle, it doesn't make sense for us to get together. But if I got a bunch of cattle and you got a bunch of land, mm, it would be make sense for us to get together as a family based on our weaknesses. Because I, where I'm weak, you're strong. And where you're weak, I'm strong. Covenant just keeps wanting to come out of me. I'm about to teach it in the month of April at my Bible study. You should come. If you've ever been taught the word Hasid, anybody here know the word Hasid? Every one of you should come. Amen. <laughs> Let's see some examples of improper praying that sound just wonderful. Woo, sounds good. But it's inaccurate for you to pray that as a New Testament believer because blood's been shed for you. Amen. Psalm chapter 51. David the psalmist. Some of you have heard this, amen? And once again, for the third time, I apologize for wrecking some of your, what you thought may have been proper. But we need to be accurate. In this day and time, with Jesus on the cusp of coming back for His church, we need to be correct, amen? amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from Thy presence, and take not Thy Holy Spirit from me. Man, don't that sound good. Woo! Can't pray that. David did not have Jesus. David wasn't born again. David wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, but you are. I'll give you another example of that, of the Holy Ghost coming on somebody in the Old Testament for a time of service and then leaving. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 12, And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. The Holy Ghost will never leave you or forsake you no matter what you're doing in the booth, in the back, in the corner, and in the dark. You're His greatest investment. Ah. you got to realize what was given for you, church. Heaven didn't come up with plan B or plan C. They gave their best off of the rip in Jesus. So what's your value? It must be equal to that that was given for you in Jesus. Amen. Everybody in this house say, I am. I am. Who, I am. Who I am says I am. Says I am. Psalm 51, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Your heart was created clean the moment that you received Jesus. You have a clean heart. It doesn't get any cleaner than when you receive Jesus. Your awareness may be increased. You may become more aware of how clean it really is. Oh. Any of this is incorrect, they can undo it next Sunday. Amen? Renew a right spirit within me. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17 says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. 
So how could you ask Him to renew a right spirit within you when you actually have the Spirit of the living God living on the inside of you? Doesn't make sense. Will not add up. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Ephesians 1 and 13 says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, after you were born again, the gospel of your salvation, so you're saved, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed, somebody say sealed, with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. But if you pray this prayer that David prayed, you're asking him not to take himself away from you. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. We cannot pray this way. We must always pray in light of the finished work of Jesus. Hebrews 13, 5. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Any of you ever prayed that? you got to raise your hand. You know in your spirit if you've ever prayed that. God, please don't leave me. Or you came into a church service and you said, God, please be with us. Please be with us today, oh God. May I tell you, the moment that God walked in this room is the moment that the first believer walked in this room. The King James says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's a double negative in the Greek. It's only used twice. Umi in the Greek. The other time he uses it in Romans 4 when he says, I will not impute your sins against you. It's a double negative. He, what he's saying here is, no matter what you do, no matter what your performance is, I will not know will I ever, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. It ain't going to happen. So for you to pray to God that, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me, doesn't line up. I'm trying to get this house to become more effective in their personal prayer life with Jesus. And the way that we do that is by praying the answer instead of praying the problem. Amen. The Amplified says this, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. You have him, folks. He'll never leave you no matter what. Somebody say, he's mine. Matthew 28, you got to be careful with those Gospels now because Jesus is operating as a prophet underneath a prophet's anointing in the majority of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why is he not acting as the Christ? Because he has not shed his blood yet. He is the Christ, but you'll, you'll see him say, there's coming a day where you'll worship me in spirit and in truth. Hmm. So he begins to give the church little glimpses of what's coming, but he could not legally teach grace until what? Until Calvary. This is after the cross. He said, Matthew 28, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The word amen means what? So be it. He's with you, sir. Ma'am, he's with you as you heal. 
He's with you, David. He's with you no matter what you do. He'll never leave you, ma'am. Never. Never will He leave you. He's on the inside of you, sister. Without measure. In the Old Testament, I know sometimes uh, people struggle when they pray trying to get prayers to God. They'll get loud. <laughs> Amen. And there's an example of it in Daniel chapter 10. Where he's trying to get his prayers through a demon. You don't have to pray that way. The devil is dethroned, dearmed, and defeated. Uh-huh. The scripture actually says that when we finally see him for who he is, you know what we'll say as the church? That's who deceived the nations. That, just like um, Wizard of Oz at the end when they pull back the curtain, and that big loud voice was that little bitty man. <laughs> Daniel chapter 10, Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, from the last day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I have come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Genesis 28 backs it up and says, And he dreamed and beheld a ladder, Jacob's ladder, set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. That does not happen today. You as an agent of God's authority and as an agent of God's power, you send forth the angels. You send them forth now. Hebrews 1, 13 and 14 says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstall? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? They're not sent back and forth anymore. They're sent forth for them who shall be heirs of salvation. How many of you are heirs of salvation? How many of you have given given your angels charge today? You don't want your angels sitting around on Facebook, people. Amen? Send them forth. And if you don't know what to send them forth with, say, God, in the name of Jesus, every angel that's been assigned to me, give it its assignment right now so that I can fulfill my purposes for you on this earth. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? The Holy Ghost done moved in you, folks. He's on the inside of you. He'll never leave you and never forsake you. Somebody say breathe, Shane. (laughs) For a second there, I thought I might have been in a Presbyterian church. I don't know. It's quiet. I love it when it's quiet when I teach because that means that somebody somewhere is either questioning this doctrine or they're receiving this doctrine. And I don't, I'm fine with either one of them. Amen. Either one of them. Pastor Herman and I talked about it this morning about if I'm questioning what you're teaching, then that obviously means I'm paying attention to what you're teaching. Amen. So if your spirit man on the inside is going, is that right? Can that possibly be right? Well, you got a Bible. This is your gospel. I'm just the one up here this Sunday morning teaching it. Amen. My last book, the the one that I'm about to release is called Flip the Switch. 
And this book is about releasing God-given authority. And the reason why I call it flip the switch is because when you get home and go into a dark room and you need to do what? You need to see, right? How many of you call Georgia Power? Nobody. Because it doesn't make sense to call the power company because the relationship has already been established, the power has already been run, and the price for that electricity has already been paid. So it's up to you to do what? Flip the switch. The reason why we don't see more manifestation in the church is because we keep going to God about the problem instead of going to the problem about what God has already done. The church, a lot of churches don't want you to know this. They want you to blame God, they want you to blame others, or they want you to blame the devil, but never blame yourself. Mm. Listen, church, revelation. Somebody say revelation. revelation. You're not responsible for revelation that you don't have, but you are responsible for reaching for it. And this revelation on authority and prayer is being brought to your feet right now and laid gently at your souls. So now you are responsible for this. Authority and prayer. So this book, God, I'm ready to release it. I'm doing the finished touches on the conclusion. And about three weeks ago, I said, God, hold on, Shane. I want you to write a book, a chapter on the difference between authority and prayer. Because we get them confused and mixed up. And so this is basically that chapter in the book. Amen. So if you buy the book, you don't have to buy the last chapter. Amen. <laughs> so I say flip the switch. If you pray and you pray for the men of God in this house and you pray for evangelists that may come through here, I ask you humbly as I know how to pray for me, but I want you to pray for me correctly. I want you to pray the answer. Quit praying the problem and begin to pray the answer. When you pray proper, you pray the answer. We've got to quit going to God about the problem and go to the problem about the finished work of Jesus. Did Jesus speak to a fever in... His ministry? Absolutely he did. He spoke to a disease. Did he speak to the storms? Mark 4 and 41, absolutely he did. Who is this man that the wind and the waves obey? Did he speak to a tree? One of the only two destructive miracles recorded in the Gospels, absolutely. No man eat fruit again of you hereafter forever. Spoke nine words to that tree. So whenever you pray the way I'm teaching you to pray and you don't see instant manifestation of whatever you're praying for, don't become double-minded and say, well, it must not have happened. No, it did happen. The root has been affected. Just because you can't see it yet doesn't mean that the root wasn't affected by your proper way of praying. When they came back the next morning, the tree was dried up from its roots. Hmm. Sometimes what we need to do is wait. Amen? But we need to believe that when we prayed for it, it was affected. Why was it affected? Because Jesus, the Master, is on the inside of you. And you have become an agent of God's power in this earth. God will watch you die. Can I say it, God? God will watch you die of a disease with tears rolling down his face because he no longer has the authority. He's given it to you. That's heavy, man. He said it himself, Psalm 89, 34, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. 
He wants to see you healed so bad, but He gave the authority to you. He'll just back up whatever you say. He needs the church to rise up and say, I have the authority. I have the ability to heal because I'm in covenant relationship with the healer himself. Shocking, isn't it? Healing is a law. Proverbs 18.21, for the power of life and death is in the tongue. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'm trying to put something deep down in your heart that I can prove with Scripture so that you no longer are wishy-washy when it comes to God, but you as a son or a daughter of the utmost high God, when you begin to pray and walk into the throne room boldly and with confidence, all the business in the throne room stops because a daughter and a son just walked in. Amen? The angels are dismissed because somebody with authority just walked into the throne room. Amen? Let's see it in action. Acts chapter 3. That's radical. I know it's radical. Uh, God does not want you to die. But He would be altering the thing that has gone out of His lips if He were to use His authority when He's already given His authority to you, sister. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, which means this was a real man, Lame from his mother's womb was carried. This guy had never walked. I'll tell you something interesting about this story. I wonder how many times Jesus walked by him. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Because God didn't tell him to. If you ever wonder why Jesus said what he said or did what he did, he only said what his father told him to say, and he only did what God told him to do. When he turned over those money changers' table, he was in that same temple the day before and didn't lift a finger. Why? Because God didn't tell him to lift a finger. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive. Somebody better hear that expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, somebody say right now. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Did they pray anywhere in this story? They did not go to God at all and say, God, would you please heal him? They didn't throw him 20 bucks and say, we'll be back out here in a little while after we worship. No, that ain't what he happened. He released what he had. I'm trying to get you as the church to understand to release what you have. Matthew 10 and 1. Y'all got a few more minutes? We may not be the first at the buffet, but we'll get there today. Amen? Just a few more minutes, please. When he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them what? Power. Against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal some manner. And to heal most manner. And to heal all manner of, of disease, of sickness and all manner of disease. 
COVID-19 must bow to the name of Jesus. Cancer must bow to the name of Jesus. Depression and anxiety must bow to the name of Jesus. There are two prayers He will not answer. When you ask Him to do something that He asks you to do, He ain't answering that. And when you ask Him to do something that He's already done, healing's already taken place at the cross, are you telling me I don't ever need to ask God for healing? That is exactly what I'm telling you because the power of healing is inside of you. Wow, nobody threw nothing. That's great news. Amen. Luke 10 and 19 says this, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Already given, past tense. He uses two words in the King James. He says, I give unto you power and then he said, over all the power of the enemy. But they are not the same. Those are two different Greek words. What he's saying is, I give you authority over his ability. Come on, somebody. Just by going into the Greek, you can get that understanding that they are not the same. His ability has no chance against the authority that you have. We're either going to be superficial or we're going to be supernatural. The choice is yours. You can be superficial if you want to. I'm not. I'm going to be supernatural in this earth. When I get to heaven, God's going to say, man, dude, 18 years they had you down as nothing but a drug addict, but look at you, son. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Why? Because all I want to do is promote his son. I just want to promote what his son did. I just want to tell you about the blood of Jesus. I just want to decree and declare that what he did for you is enough. Somebody say it's enough. Submit yourselves to God, James 4. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded man, according to James chapter 1, shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. We've got to make up our mind that we have the authority and that God is just endorsing what we say. He brought those animals by Adam. He said, Adam, what is that? Adam said, that's a dog. You know what God said? Then that's a dog. (laughs) Men and women of God, He's just going to support whatever you say. (sighs) Ezekiel 37, Then He said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as He commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. You need to learn to release your authority with what? Your words. You are a king, a priest, and a prophet in your home, whether you're male or female, because there is no male or female in the spiritual realm. Amen? If I want to get something done as a king and I need to build a dam for my people so that they'll have water, I don't go out there with a shovel. Mm. I demand that they be done. I decree and declare a thing unto somebody who tells somebody who begins to get that thing done. The way that a king gets things done is with his mouth. I'm trying to get you to speak directly to the situation that's in your life no matter what it is. 
lack, hmm. disease, poverty, unbelief. God took care of all those at the cross. And His answers to you as a son of daughter of the living King is yes and amen. You're trying to struggle with God, trying to get Him to move. He moved at the cross. He's already moved, man. Romans 5 and 17 in the Passion says, Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, somebody say now. How much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in this one and only Jesus, the Messiah? The Amplified of Matthew 10 and 1 says, And Jesus summoned to him his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. We are not supposed to be going to God about these problems. We are supposed to be going these problems about what He has already done. That just wrecks your prayer life. I know when I run an altar, people come down to me, man, Shane, will you pray for me? I see that there's an anointing on your life for healing. I see that there's an anointing on your life for deliverance. My first thing when they say that to me, the same anointing's on you. God's no respecter of persons. But then they want me to go to God about the problem. I refuse. I will not do it. I will go to the problem about the finished work of Jesus. Somebody who's sick in this house, raise their hand. All right, let me show you the proper way to pray. Amen? Proper. I don't know what the issue is. I know that my friend here has a hard time seeing in the natural, but he can definitely see in the spirit. Amen? I don't know what the issue is, but I'm going to show you the proper way to pray. Because when you pray, you should always pray the answer. But there is a difference between praying the answer and releasing authority. Father, in the name of Jesus, ah, that name, sir, that is above every name. Father, we approach you right now with boldness and confidence, God. All three of us are fully persuaded right now that what you did at the cross is enough. And Father, we posture and position ourselves to receive what you've already made available. It's ours. We take it by faith, oh God. Blood was shed for this very moment in time and we receive what the blood paid for, God. Healing, being made free, all of that belongs to us right now, God, in the name of Jesus. So, Father, right now I release the authority that you've given me. I don't take it. I don't have it. I release it, O God. For manifestation in this earth, whatever the problem is, I decree and declare that the problem must bow to the name of Jesus. Problem, I speak to you in the name of Jesus, and I declare you run now in Jesus' name. Blood's been shed. I put you in remembrance of His Word and what He did for us, and I decree and declare right now that what He did for us is enough. Be healed, be whole, be well, covenant restored, marriage restored, back to where it's never been before. Right now in the name of Jesus, healing over His eyes, oh God, in Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord. We receive it, God. It's ours. Nothing's too hard for God. Nothing, man. Quit looking at things in the natural going, well, I that's just been that way forever. Just accept it. No! Release authority, man. I see somebody smiling on the back row. God wants us to do this. 
He wants to operate in this way. All I'll ever say about my brother Dale Adams is that he can see. I've got him in my phone. You know what his name is in my phone? Dale who can see. <sighs> you look at my phone, you'll see it. Dale who can see. <laughs> I will not be moved in the natural no matter what I see, what I hear, what I smell, what I taste, or what I touch. I only believe what God says about it. And if God says that the price that was paid at Calvary is enough for him, who am I to disagree with that? I've yelled enough. Amen. <laughs> Bobby Shane, I thought you was a teacher. Ah, I am till I get excited. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else with sickness in their body? Anybody else with sickness that we can see? Wow, everybody's healed. Amen. If you walked in here sick, then this must have worked. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let me pray. Ah. Ropo king ke mokaya, yeah. Mosundu kitele mosandash kitele mokaya masi. Epe tele mosundu katala masandaki. Yes, des dele mosun rapakanda la masata ke. Epe te te mosundolo mokitele mokandasi. Father, right now I pray for marriages in this house that they be restored, God. Whether the partner's here or not, God, we speak restoration, complete restoration in the marriages right now, oh God. I speak healing in the physical bodies, God, right now. And I speak to these bodies. And I command these bodies to operate exactly as you designed, oh God. These emotional problems, this anxiety that's on the earth, it wasn't here 20 years ago, God. This depression that's on the earth, it wasn't here 20 years ago, God. We as the church release our authority and it comes to an end now, oh God. We're who you say we are, God. And if the price of your son is enough for us, we just agree with what he did. It is in the name of Jesus. It is in the name of Jesus. It is in the name of Jesus. What you've been praying for, sister, you're about to get. Ah, you're about to get it right now, God, without measure. It belongs to her. What y'all have been praying for, you're about to get, sir. King, priest, and prophet in his house, God, right now. He's about to receive it right now, God, without measure. Don't wait to operate in this authority. There's only going to be two kinds of people in heaven. Those that tried to raise people from the dead and those that never did. Ah. So what if they don't rise from the dead? You better get you some practice in. Amen. If I'm already in heaven, I'm not going to rise either. But if they're in hell, <laughs> they might be glad that you released your authority for them to come back to life. I speak life into this church. Exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ask, think, or even imagine. Super abundant life in this house. Let it fall down on your people right now, God, just like the rain. Just like your rain is falling on their automobiles, God, your love, your cascade of love falls on us right now as tears flow in this house. For we are fully persuaded right now that what you did for us is enough. Answers are being given. Hearts are being healed. Bodies are being healed. Marriages are being restored. Everything you've made available, God, belongs to us. And we receive it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this man. I speak supernatural strength into him right now, oh God. Yeah. I pray that you renew his strength as the eagle, God, as he brings this part of your body along. Supernatural right now. We wait on it, God. Supernatural strength, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Father, I declare my love for him in front of his church. I'm so thankful for him, for his dad, for their wives. God, I'm just thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. All you. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.